Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you? How's your fall going? How is the end of 2019 going for you if you're listening to this in real time? So we're getting close to 20,000 downloads in the podcast. So yay, yay, yay. Guys, rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends. I'm hearing from a lot of you that this is a really great podcast, and that makes me super happy. You're getting value out of it. You you really like it as compared to some of the other options that are out there. So thank you so much for that. Tell your friends. Let's get this uh let's get this number these numbers up and let's get going. So it's time for my annual list of five unusual things to be thankful for. I started this back in 2016 in the format of a blog. I didn't have my podcast yet. And I have continued this as a tradition. And I went back and I looked at what I did in 2016, 17, 18 to kind of see where I've come from and found it interesting to kind of see what was I focused on, you know, that year, what was important to me, what was I thankful for. And what I did the first year is I made it kind of about you. They were things that you could be thankful for if this had happened to you in your life. And then I changed it to make it very personal. So since then, they've been my list of things that I'm thankful for, unusual things that I'm thankful for. And my my goal with those is that, that you will be able to relate to at least one of these things and see perhaps the blessing in something that you hadn't seen as a blessing. Also, this this served as an opportunity for me to kind of revisit the learning, the the <laughs> the growth that I've had since 2016. So did I really learn from that situation or have I seen it crop up kind of again and again because it's a lesson that has been really difficult for me to learn? So here's my list this year. So number one, I am thankful for not knowing anybody. So I went to a two-day conference in March in Dallas uh, with my coach, Brooke Castillo. It was this gigantic conference, almost all women. There were, I don't know, four or five hundred people probably in the room. And I found when I got there that a lot of people, pretty much everybody but me, it felt like, knew other people there. And I gathered as I kind of talked to people. It was because this was their cohort that they had gone through Brooks coach training for. So they knew those people. Or they'd been to some other Brook event or something, but they were gathered kind of because of that. And I didn't have that because I didn't get my coach training through Brooke. So I got there, didn't know a soul in the room, and decided to be okay with that. In many other circumstances, when I've gone to conferences, I've met people, I've made friends, and I have, you know, kind of joined a group. And I just didn't want to this time. It wasn't that there was anything wrong with these people or anything wrong with me. I just wanted to kind of hang out by myself. So it gave me an opportunity to eat by myself. The restaurant in the hotel was fabulous. And by the way, I did not leave the hotel once I got there because A, it was a really nice renaissance and B, I had not looked at the weather and it was cold. <laughs> it was super cold and um, I wasn't didn't bring the right clothes. So I didn't want to step outside. So I would eat my meals by myself and I always had my book with me or kind of that day's work that we did. You know, we'd always have homework to do so I could do that, but it was just kind of nice. And it also kind of allowed me to reserve my energy for the next day. And, you know, I had this really nice hotel room. I wasn't sharing it with anybody, which was a real luxury. I didn't have to make nice to somebody or, you know, small talk. 
And I just really enjoyed that experience. The upside of not knowing anybody there was that I decided kind of at the beginning when I kind of saw the situation that I was still going to have a really good time. I was still going to get really good value and that I just didn't want to join in with any other groups and that that was okay. So that's number one. Number two, this is an interesting one. So it's the contrast of negative energy. So I want you to stay with me. This may sound a little woo-woo. But earlier this year, I had a really unusual interaction with a woman here in Tallahassee and a much older woman who wanted to enlist my help, maybe for a resume, maybe for LinkedIn, maybe for some training or some coaching. It was just kind of all over the place. And I could not get a read on this woman. And this is something I've been doing for years and years. So that's very unusual for me not to be able to pinpoint, write it on what you need. Client may not take me up on everything that I suggest for them, that I recommend, but I'm very clear on what they need. And I could not get a read on this lady. And I did something I've never done before and I will never do again which was I went to her home. She did not want to have a, a conversation over Zoom, which is how I do my client calls. She just, technology was not her friend. She's 70 years old. And instead of kind of holding my ground on that, because I know what is the best for my clients, I ended up at her home. We chatted and it wasn't that it was an unpleasant experience at her house, but I think I was there two and a half hours. It was ridiculous. I had to cancel all my appointments for the day. I didn't, I couldn't, you know, see any of the clients. I was too busy with this woman. And of course, driving there and back, so it went far beyond the normal 45-minute call. And then there were all these additional emails and questions, and she still wouldn't commit. And then there was silence. And then finally, we parted ways. And it wasn't all that pleasant when we parted ways um, on her end. But it wasn't the end of it. So I uh, had a session with an amazing woman named Leisha Berry. In fact, she's been a guest on this podcast before. And we, she identified that I had two negative energies attached to me and I was able to identify the male energy very quickly. And we resolved that and, and worked on that. And I just kept going around about what is this, who is this female energy? And I couldn't, I just couldn't pinpoint. And then as soon as I remembered this woman, I brought that up to Alicia and she said, that's who it is. That's who it is. So I had actually gotten a negative energy. I mean, again, this is pretty woo woo, but I, I felt it and I also felt it leave me. And so I had from, from being, maybe being in this woman's house, holding this woman, she gave me all these papers, materials, because she didn't have anything on computer files. So she's giving me papers and just all of the negative interaction. I had actually kind of absorbed negative energy into my body that was sort of weighing me down. And the lesson that I learned, the blessing in that situation was that was a contrast of who I don't want to work with. And also I have a process and it's not that I'm unflexible. It's that I have a process for a reason because it works. It serves my clients in the highest and greatest possible way. And I want to give my clients the best possible experience. So I do what works. And so that's one thing I learned was I don't, I don't need to change my process for people. And also if I have someone who isn't willing to work within the confines of my process, it's going to be way too much work for me to accommodate one person who's out here doing their own thing in their own way. The results probably aren't going to be as good. And overall, that's probably going to be a really high maintenance relationship that I probably should just say no to. The other thing I learned from that was 
you know, I chased her far too long out of need. So to be perfectly honest, I wanted her money, right? I, I think it came from after I had spent that two and a half hours with her, it's like, by God, I want to get some money out of this woman because she's taken up a lot of my time and I want to get compensated for it. So I shouldn't have obviously come at that from a place of lack or need. And then I kept pursuing it seeing all the signs that she was not a good client for me, that she was not someone I needed to be affiliated in any way with. And yet I kept chasing her out of a sense of, I really want this paycheck. My, my lesson to you on that one is there will, there will be from time to time in your life, people who are negative energies, people who you don't want in your life. And it's so important to look at that objectively and recognize the signals and not be coming from a place of need. Maybe it's, I need this person as my friend, or I need this person as my romantic relationship, or I need this person's money in my life, or I need something else that they can give me, but it's not about them. And you're fighting all of your instincts to kind of keep that relationship going. So number three, my blessing, unusual thing to be thankful for was having to ask for help this year. I don't want to go into detail about this because it's not particularly flattering for me, but I had to have a number of different kinds of help this year. Some of them medical, some of them other kinds of help. And it is such a difficult lesson for me. And as it has been going on this year, I've been very aware of how difficult it is for me to ask for help and to receive it. And it's really caused me to rethink you know, what's the root of that? And, and of, of course, with most people, it's a pride thing. What I learned from that situation was people want to help. Not everybody wants to help and not everybody wants to help all the time, but people in general do want to help. And when I allow people to help me, then they get the blessing that is coming from them for helping someone, right? So if I kind of shut that off, they miss out on a blessing. And again, this has been a difficult lesson. And what I will say, for those of you that are not my age, here's something to really look forward to. I have this theory that seems to be proving right in my life and in the life of a lot of my friends that the lessons that we are having to learn in our 50s and 60s are really difficult ones. You know, the easy ones for us as individuals, we're going to take care of those in our 20s, maybe even in our teens, certainly by our 30s. We're not, they're not going to be huge issues that we have to deal with. And so the things that are still around as we get into middle and later life are very deeply ingrained. They are beliefs and they are processes and systems that we probably don't even see as such. We don't even question them. And so the work that I've had to do in my life about some of these areas, one of them being asking for help, has been very difficult and very painful. But I will say to you that the flip side of that is I think the payoff is tremendous. You know, kind of nothing ventured, nothing gained, little ventured, little gained, lot ventured, lot gained, right? So when you are having to put as, put forth as much effort and, and be as vulnerable as you have to be to make changes later in life with something that you've been dealing with that has been a part of you for 50 years or 60 years, it's much more difficult, but I think the payoff is much more, can be much more um, amazing and much more exciting for you. I think the other thing about asking for help besides me having to get over my aversion to asking for help is that it has certainly made me closer with these people that with whom I've asked for help. 
So it takes true friends to do some of the things I've needed them to do for me, especially the medical one. And so it's really been a way to bond with these friends and for them to step up to the plate for me and to show me in a very real way how they feel about me. So blessings and having to ask for help. Number four, my blessing, uh, my thing that I'm thankful for is finding out I'm not as great as I think I am. So I have a pretty healthy self-esteem and I don't suffer from a lack of self-confidence in most areas of my life. If you listen to this podcast regularly, you heard me talk about in April, I spent three weeks in Italy and Greece with my daughter who was then 24. She's now 25, Chloe. And I've told my friends here in Tallahassee that Chloe's purpose on this trip was to knock me down a few pegs to show me that I'm kind of not all that. Um, because again, I, I'm pretty good at the things that I do on a day-to-day -day basis. Again, I'm 60 years old. I ought to be good at them by now, right? So I don't have to struggle on a day-to-day -day basis with things that I really suck at. And this trip kind of brought that to the fore. But Chloe let me know in no uncertain terms that I was a terrible packer, which we did. We solved it the first. We, we went to Venice first and we solved that. I went and bought new luggage in Venice because I had clearly badly packed. Uh, so I agreed with her on that point. She also said I couldn't follow directions. Um, she just was pretty good because you have to think about when we were in, especially like in Venice, um, the directions are different. You know, there's no car involved. We're all walking on streets and the names of the road, the streets are on the side of the buildings painted on. And, you know, you're going over bridges and going over canals and all that. And it's just a really different way of, you know getting around town. So she got really good at that. So even when we were like in Rome and in Athens, she got really good at that. And I picked the restaurant the first night, kind of, there's a restaurant, let's go to it. The food was not good. So she got really good at using Yelp and finding amazing restaurants for us. So, so here's the thing about that situation, right? So I could have made it all about me and said, oh, you know, my daughter doesn't think I'm all this great. Maybe I'm not all this great. Here's all these things I'm not good at doing. But what I chose to do was just sit back and watch her blossom as she got super confident about these things because she was really proud of herself, especially with the navigating and the restaurant finding. She was very proud of her abilities because she didn't really know she had them. And now when we go back to Europe, which we're already talking about, when are we going to do that? She will have so much more confidence really anywhere she travels. She'll have so much more confidence in her ability to navigate around in foreign countries or anywhere in the U.S., and how to find great food and great stores and those kinds of things because she's had that experience with me. So I welcomed the opportunity to take that back seat and let her really spread her wings and fly. So my my question to you is, who who is there in your life or where is the situation in your life that you can take a back seat to allow someone else to really spread their wings and fly and you get the blessing of watching that unfold and not making it about your ego and, and what you can't do or what you didn't get to do, that kind of thing. All right, number five. My last one for 2019, things to be thankful for, doors that won't open and won't close. So I have three situations. A really interesting year. I'm, I'm calling it Lisa's year of the door. Um, I'm not sure if that's like a cow or a pig in the Chinese calendar, but uh, I think it's the year of the door for me. So first of all, my car, which is older, I'm, I'm resisting 
buying a new vehicle. I don't want car payments. I don't want higher insurance rates. I have a, a car I haven't paid for. I haven't had car payment in ages. It uh, until recently was running quite fine, but I have in, I have had a problem that has developed related to one of the doors. So it's a van and it's got electric back doors. Door wouldn't open and it also wouldn't stay closed. So it would show on my dashboard that the door was open. The lights would stay on if I'm driving. The lights would be on the whole time. So if I'm driving at night, I've got all these lights on, I can't see. And I had to shimmy the door closed. I had to kick it or push up against it with my hip so that I could lock the door, lock the car when I got out. Super fun, you know, super safe situation with the car driving me nuts. Oh, and, and by the way, did I mention that it kept draining the battery? So I kept having dead batteries. So here I am trying to avoid a car payment, really not wanting to get into that scene, but at the same time, not having a dependable car and not having a safe car. So that was door number one. Door number two was a bathroom door. So on the day of my son's wedding, we're upstairs at this gorgeous venue in Long Island, Huntington, New York. And I am in with all of the bridesmaids and the bride and all of that. And I want to change it to my mother of the groom dress. And I'm not going to do it there with all of those young nubile bodies. So I go looking for a bathroom where I can change clothes in private. And I find this public bathroom tucked away on the second floor of this building down next to where the guys were getting changed. So I go in the bathroom and I start to go into a stall. I think, well, I'll change it there. Well, it's not big enough. I'm going to end up injuring myself trying to get changed in this little tiny space. So I thought, okay, I'll come out here by the sink. Well, I don't want anybody to walk in on me while I'm at the sink changing and the door's right there. And I see that there's a deadbolt on the door. So I turn the deadbolt and you know how deadbolts normally are. They sound a certain way and they feel a certain way. And that did not happen with that door. So I didn't think I had locked it. Yet when I got ready to leave after I had gotten my dress on, I tried, I, I don't know whether it's locked or unlocked, so I turn it again, still it feels the same way. The door is locked, the door is dead bolted, and I cannot get out of the bathroom now. Um, I don't know this at first, I just know that the door won't open. I don't know if it's stuck, I'm, I can't tell what's going on with the door. So after I try and everything I can do from inside, I just start banging on the door and screaming, help. <laughs> So my son, of all people, he hears me. I probably recognize my voice. And he came running and he couldn't do anything. Uh, so he goes and gets the building superintendent. And the building superintendent comes up and he ends up having to take the door out by the frame. It's a crazy thing. We could see that the deadbolt was engaged. There was no way to get the deadbolt disengaged. Something was wrong with the door. So here I am in my wedding, my dress for my son's wedding, and I've got masonry <laughs> and insulation on my legs and my feet from where we had to, to open the door to, to break the door down. So that was fun. Super fun. Then, so that was Friday. Saturday after the wedding, I went to my son's uh, and my new daughter-in-law's apartment to stay for a couple of days because I was doing training up in Pennsylvania the following Tuesday in um, Scranton, Pennsylvania. And so I stayed there, worked on my program for them, got a bunch of work done. And then Monday morning I was driving, going to drive up to, to Scranton. So I had Reese's car keys in my hand and all I was thinking about was I need to go get his car, bring it up to the apartment. And of course there's no parking. This is urban New Jersey. I have a little place that I can pull in for just a moment and then put my luggage in the car and take off, right? Because I didn't want to roll my luggage two blocks away to where my car was. 
So I deadbolt the door from the inside, pull it closed, and immediately realize that I have locked my the, the apartment keys inside the apartment, and I just lost it. I start banging on the door. And then I realized, well, that's brilliant because if I did break the door down, then what would I do? Because I couldn't leave their apartment wide open with no door. <laughs> so it's like, duh, Lisa. So I stopped and they, they're on a second floor. So I went downstairs and there's a, a number of doors downstairs. Um, and I didn't know what was what, but I just knocked on the first door nicest people you would ever want to meet they opened their door to me here's this strange woman they let me in their apartment it was a young couple and a, and a baby and they called the the uh, landlord for me and within 30 minutes she was there and she opened the door and in the meantime the wife was so nice to me and i kept telling her i didn't need anything to eat or drink and then i realized i was probably insulting her indian culture they were they were indian and so she brought me like nuts and fruit and a drink. And I just did a little bit. I was really full because I just had breakfast, but I didn't want to hurt her feelings because she was so nice to me. So the blessing in all of this, the automobile was taken care of by two automotive places here in Tallahassee. Neither of them charged me a penny. So I got the problem resolved. Nothing has cost me any money. And I had put that whole thing off because I thought it was going to cost a fortune. And here it was, it was free. And I think the the bathroom door situation at the wedding brought levity to a very weepy mother of the groom. I cried from, basically, I started up at the rehearsal dinner the night before, and I was just waterworks all day my son's wedding. I had no idea I would be that constantly emotional. And so I think that that just brought some levity to the situation. It was a nice little <laughs> little, little change of pace. And the downstairs neighbors, I think it was such a blessing to to just kind of, you know, something like that, I think, heartens your sort of faith in humanity, that these people were willing to let this stranger in and be nice to them, and to be nice to me and, and to take care of me during that time and make sure that I, you know, I was okay. So my question to you at the beginning of this episode was, what can you see in my unusual things to be thankful for that you might be able to recognize a blessing in? Hopefully you can identify with at least one of the unusual things that I was thankful for in 2019. I think that as I have gone through life coaching process with uh, my coach, Brooke Castillo, and through her program, one of the biggest blessings to come out of that is that perspective and that ability to, even in the midst of a situation, see either what good is coming out of it or the potential for good coming out of it, or at the very least, be able to hold space for that situation in my thoughts so that rather than getting down on myself or down on whatever, down on whatever quote unquote caused this thing to happen, to hold space for myself until I can figure out what's the what's the silver lining here. And, and, and I think that that's kind of what I've tried to do over the years with these unusual things to be thankful for. So I hope that this spurs you on to kind of think of something that's happened uh, for you. I'm very careful to use the word for and not to me. It didn't, I'm not a victim. It happened for me. So I hope you can find something that happened for you in 2019 that maybe you can see the blessing in it. 
and, and be thankful for that thing. So as always, I want to be your career coach. So hit me up with an email at Lisa, L-E-S-A at exclusivecareercoaching.com. Or you can look in the show notes to get the link to my calendar and you can schedule an appointment where we can take this work deeper and I can let you know what it would look like to work one-on-one with me. I would love to have that conversation with you. Find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You know the drill. I'll see you next week. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.